0: have one thing to say to you kiss my fat ass hello all my fellow mourners of diet culture it is I Emily Lubin I'm the Grim Reaper and the host of this show welcome to R.I.P. Diets episode 22 I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. God, that song came out when I was 22 and I've forgotten what it feels like to be that young. In other news, I am coming at you live from my cozy as fuck new apartment. The past couple months have been so stressful between looking for an apartment to finding one and worrying whether my application would be accepted to then figuring out the logistics of the actual move. And now that I've actually moved in, I'm noticing that it was taking more of a toll on my mental health than I even realized at the time. So I feel really good right now. I'm living in a beautiful apartment that I never thought I would be able to afford at my age. I'm living with my boyfriend who I love and am so excited to come home to every day or Stay home with every day, as is the current state of affairs. And on top of that, I'm in a place in my career that I feel very comfortable with and I get to do what I love. And I'm not saying this to brag, by the way. I'm saying this because I truly owe all of this to my recovery and how dedicated I've stayed to my recovery. If it weren't for my recovery, I would have never pulled myself out of the dark place that I was in for most of my 20s. And I can see now how much my eating disorder was holding me back from living the life that I wanted to live. And that's what I hope for all of you. I hope that you'll continue on choosing recovery and rejecting the demon that is diet culture. And that once you let that shit go... It can only lead to future happiness and you'll reach goals that you never thought you could reach and it's going to open up a whole new world for you. That's what I wish for all of you. And now onto a more somber note. It is officially November and we are entering what can be a very triggering season. That is the holiday season. I wanted to remind everyone that this holiday season, we are not going to let what our family members say about our bodies or how they behave around food impact us or derail our hatred of diet culture. We will not let diet culture take a seat at our Thanksgiving dinner table. Sorry, diet culture, there's no room for you at this table. I only set enough places for eight, so get the fuck out of here. You're not welcome. And if you're like me and you find yourself needing some extra support over the holidays, I have a little PSA for you. This season of RIP diets will end on November 27th, which is the day after Thanksgiving, at which point there will be a five-week-long break before the start of season two. But if you're thirsty for more RIP diets during the break, there's an easy solution. Just go to patreon.com slash and for $6.99 per month, you will get a weekly dose of RIP diets during the off season as well as an extra episode every month thereafter. I'm going to be recording vlogs, including what I eat in a day videos, Q&As, and regular podcast episodes. It's going to be really fun and I think an even more intimate look at my recovery and my life beyond diet culture. I know you'll enjoy it. So again, to check it out, go to patreon.com slash and I can't wait to celebrate the holidays with you. Now let's get right into the meat of the episode. I had a really fun conversation with a longtime friend of mine, a fellow comedian and podcaster. His name is Billy Presida. I've been getting so many DMs and emails asking for me to have more male guests come on to talk with me about male body image. And I've heard your cries, and I've decided to have Billy on the show, who has struggled with body image since childhood and is very vocal about having a complicated relationship to his body. I do just want to warn you before you listen that Billy is not the most educated on anti-diet or intuitive eating. He's still very stuck in diet culture, and he acknowledges that, but He is self-aware at the same time, and I think he's getting there slowly but surely. And I think it's important to have all types of guests on the podcast, even if they don't 100% agree with me, because this would be quite a boring podcast if I only chose to speak with people who agree with me and everything I think. But just be aware I don't agree or cosign everything he says in this conversation. We talk about the fact that he still diets, and I definitely make it clear that I don't agree with that. But I also respect his decision to diet if he's not ready to let go of the fantasy. Because to me, someone who is aware of the anti diet movement but continues to diet is still holding on to a fantasy. That dieting will transform them and improve their lives. And maybe they're not ready to let that go. So it's not up to me to decide that they're ready. Yeah. So just keep that all in mind and enjoy this very candid conversation with the one and only Billy Persida. My guest today is one that has been requested. And much to my surprise by multiple people and also multiple people have been DMing me saying, Emily, please bring a guy on to talk about male body image, Um, which I have done. I had Chris Burns on the podcast a little while ago, but that was very, you know, LGBT focused. They said, bring a straight guy on to talk about straight body image. I-, I didn't know people wanted to hear from straight men, but I guess they do. <laughs> so here with me today is comedian and host of the Man Whore podcast. I've known him for like, God, like seven years at this mm-hmm. point. Can I can't even believe it. Billy Persida, welcome to the show. Hey,
1: everybody. I'm also surprised y'all requested me. I thought by this point... Your fans would be tired of of my face, but, you know, know. I'm here, I'm ready, and I have body dysphoria. Let's do it.
0: Yes, body dysmorphia.
1: (laughs) Dysmorphia, phoria. Whatever (laughs) it is, like I look in the mirror and I see something that I don't like that everyone else does, that's what I got. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, we can talk about that. Body dysmorphia is one of those things that, like...
1: I'm not it's a doctor. So- I should probably say that. That's why I don't know the difference.
0: Billy is not a doctor. He is a podcaster and a friend of mine. And please take everything he says at face value. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, you have been a guest on my other podcast, Hot Mess, like five or six times. Um the So biggest that's mess. why I'm... Biggest I mess, I mean, everybody. the biggest mess of I- all time. <laughs> <laughs> and this, yeah, so that's why I was surprised that, you know, I, I did get... A few messages like, A, please talk about male body image and B, maybe ask Billy Procida because we all know that his body image is fucked up. Um, so and and they wore me down and here you are today. So I would love to hear. I know that you've struggled a lot with body image. You talk about it on your podcast. You and I have talked about it because we both have have had a similar experience growing up and being bullied for being fat mm-hmm. or chubby or what what have you. So, I guess for the listeners just let's start with childhood. What at what point did you start struggling with body image?
1: Well, first, thank you for begrudgingly having me on your your other show. <laughs> uh yeah. yeah, I grew up. Here's the thing, I look back at pictures and I got bullied mercilessly uh from about first grade pretty much until I got to college. And there was never a real reason why, but Like there was never like one specific thing. Uh, One of the several things they would, you know, make fun of me for was that I was fat or something like that. I look back at pictures now. There were other kids who were bigger than me who Mm -hmm. were calling me fat. So I think they were just like grabbing (laughs) on to words they thought would make me cry. And they were right. Uh, And so I I just it really instilled in me this like weird perception of myself. Because if someone calls you something that you don't identify with. You can shrug that off usually, but they tell that to you every day and like everywhere you go. Someone's it's like with the thin hair. I don't think I I don't think I'm balding. But if everywhere I go, people say Billy Propecia, (laughs) I'm like, I guess I need to get Rogaine. I don't know. Like
0: Billy Propecia. You are missing out on a major sponsorship opportunity (laughs) there. I have
1: tweeted at Rogaine many times. Uh, that so- is
0: amazing. <laughs> no, but that is so true. That's so, I, I relate to two parts of that, which is like, I always thought I was so huge. And like through, I, I definitely was a very chubby child. And, um, but as I grew up, I, I, in middle school, I was taller than all the boys. I was always like on the taller side and I had a growth spurt. And so I fluctuated a lot. I look back at pictures from high school and I think, wow I really wasn't even that big but I think you when you have that perception of yourself that's just how you think of yourself like so much of this comes from childhood from like very early days and escaping that is just as much of a mental battle as it is a a physical battle Um, so I relate to that so much like I was looking at this picture of me I was on the volleyball team which is hilarious I was on the volleyball team and I was like uh, an average looking like athletic girl on the volleyball team, but I always thought I was so disgusting and I thought I was huge. And it's very sad to look back on that and think like, I wish that I had the self-awareness to see myself differently because I feel like, I feel like kids take cues from the people that they're bullying, like bullying bulliers are very, or bullies, bulliers, bullies, <laughs> bullies, bullies, bullies are very smart and they feed on your insecurities. If they can tell that there's something that you don't like about yourself, that's the thing that they're I forget pick what up comedian
1: on. has a joke where he's like, like, I think it might be John Mulaney in his second album. He in uh, in New in Town, he's like like he's like 12 year old kid children are like the meanest people because they can pick up on your deepest insecurity Um, yes and here's the thing that would differ now i know uh girls growing up get all sorts of different types of you know body standards that they're given let me give you an example though from a guy's side of it of how little anyone gives a shit though right because at least if you're like a little girl and someone calls you stuff like there is a movement for like body acceptance. Oh, right? definitely. I
0: mean, if you but, tell like, <laughs> your older sister that somebody was calling you fat at school, she will t- uh, she and all of her friends will go assault them.
1: There'll person. be a bustle article about you. You know, it's like so you <laughs> yes. have support. As a guy, like and this is still true, I believe, like so peewee football, I was a football player since fourth grade. Um when you play peewee football, typically they have something called a weight limit. The weight limit says if you're over a certain weight in whatever grade level you're in, um, you're not allowed to carry the football. This is to prevent like the kid who like develops super fucking early just just run over everybody, right? Um, okay. But then, but that would mean that like so me, I was always over the weight limit, and if I got possession of the football, the play's dead. So like, let's say I picked up a fumble, or I made an one time I made an interception, but then they had to call the play dead where I had the ball. We got the ball, but like I'm not allowed what? to go run with it because I might like hurt some kid who hasn't hit puberty yet or something oh
0: my god what position did you play well
1: that's the thing so in football when you can't carry the football typically what you get what happens is you get put on the line on the offensive and or defensive line uh so you're just pushing people around they're never fucking an offensive lineman is never a hero You know, like unless you're (laughs) Jumbo Elliott on the New York Jets and you report as eligible and you get to catch a touchdown pass. Other than that, you never there's no glory in being a lineman. And on top of that, in Pee Wee football, when you're over the weight limit, what they did is they put this huge piece of red electrical tape on my helmet to signify that I was over the limit. That way, a referee. could go, stop that fat kid. Put that fucking ball down. (laughs) Go down and block so the skinny, beautiful kid can be a hero.
0: Oh, my God, that's traumatizing.
1: Legit traumatizing because I was told since I was, you know, since fourth grade, you're literally over a limit. And it sucked. because I couldn't try to get I would try to get under the limit. My coaches didn't want that. They're like, you're a good lineman. You're you're a chubby. You're a bigger guy. So you can push people around. And I'm like, no, I just want to be beautiful. And they're like, fuck that. We need to win to the point that by eighth grade, I didn't play football. I was like, I don't want to I don't want to deal with the bullies. and I don't want to deal with the weight thing. Yeah, it, it really fucking sucks. That's why I didn't so want to wrestle that in high school. So that was the reason
0: why you quit.
1: Uh, it's one of the reasons, and and then in high school, like my my boarding school, you had to play a sport every season. It was mandatory, and I always I did everything I could to avoid wrestling. Why? I don't want to wear that singlet and see myself <laughs> yeah. bursting out of this piece of spandex. I don't want the other kids seeing me like that and then making fun of me. And not for, and also I don't want to be literally categorized by my weight. By weight class and have to weigh in multiple times a week and be told to like gain a pound or lose a pound like that. I already like I was already be anore- practicing. At, do you practice anorexia? I don't know. But it's like, <laughs> it was like my I'm religion practicing for a year. Anorexic. <laughs> Sophomore year. I, uh, I, I you I, converted
0: to anorexia.
1: Yeah, I dropped like 45 pounds in three months. Uh, and then and then I had like a, a come to Jesus moment when I passed out. Uh, at a Saturday basketball practice, because I didn't, I, I, I skipped uh, breakfast by accident, and 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 oh I was like, gosh. I lost consciousness, and I was just oh like, oh my... yeah,
0: but that's so that's so hard. That and, has, no one and also, if you were forced to play sports. And you also weren't eating. You must have been really fucked up.
1: Yeah, I was skipping meals or I would do like liquid breakfast only fast stuff like that. I was just and mm-hmm. and I was open about it. It was like I was desperately calling for help being like somebody notice that I am taking drastic measures for my weight. But everyone would like see me weighing myself at the trainer's office every day. Be like, oh, yeah, you're dropping some weight, Billy, because like I actually had weight I could drop like I wasn't, uh, you know, I was uh I know I'm not supposed to say numbers, but like when you're a, a, pu- a post pubescent boy, one hundred and ten pounds at five foot ten would be really tiny. Right. So it's, it's not like I yes. was a tiny person like I yeah. had weight to lose. So everyone was like encouraging me. But if I was a one hundred and ten pound girl, you know, they people would be worried.
0: Definitely. And that's a fucked yeah. up
1: thing. And, and so I used to I even joined one of those live journal communities in high school. Uh, oh my God! Yeah. Pour
0: one out for Live Journal.
1: Pour one out for the Pro Anna Pro Mia communities. What's up? Are you oh gonna let yeah. your life be ruled by a cookie? <laughs> yeah, you, you learned all the the cute little sayings, right? Yes. Um,
0: and it was all like like pictures of fucking um um like Lily Collins and like you know <laughs> Mary Kate and Ashley. Mary Kate and Ashley they were like on everything inspiration board. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Pro. Pro Anna and Pro Mia was rampant on Live mm-hmm. Journal. Like that was such a toxic place. I remember that so well. And I was always um, the
1: only boy in the fucking room. You know, i I'm was sure. Always, so my numbers were always so much higher than everyone else's. But they were like, "Yeah, boy, you get it." Like, like, and then we're encouraging each other to kill ourselves very slowly. Like, it's, it's
0: yeah, terrible. oh, horrifying. I they thankfully they've placed a lot of um boundaries on what you can and can't post um, on sites like that now because it became such a problem like in the late 90s and the early 2000s Um, but I'm curious what about your parents like how did your parents treat weight did they notice that you were touchy about your weight and your food intake like did they like what kind of effect did they have on your food
1: I don't know what they knew about like my body image or weight stuff. They knew I got bullied. That was ever since, from the age of five or six, that just was always the thing. Because was, I wasn't only bullied for being fat. Don't worry, I was annoying too. So uh, <laughs> <that> nice- <laughs> yeah, It wasn't
0: just my body, it was also my personality.
1: Exactly. So they just, And listen,
0: you can't go on a diet for your personality.
1: I, I, I wish, uh, I wish I could. And, and so they knew that was more the concern always. And the body stuff just never kind of came up. Um, I think there was probably a doctor who would always say maybe he could drop a few pounds. He's maybe I was over whatever I was in a above average weight, probably always, but it was never a big concern. I was, I wasn't, uh, by any of the measurements that you want to use, I was never obese. I was never anything. Um, there's never worries of that. I, my sister would say shit to me in high school, college, that was really fucked up she doesn't know it's fucked up at the time because you know she was also young and, and dumb but like i remember one time she said to me um when i was like a freshman in college i think she was like billy if uh if you would just like get a six-pack so many of my friends would want to date you oh verbatim yeah it, it's stuff I, like that are bo-
0: both of your sisters are younger than you right
1: yeah, well, I have one sister who's about my age, and then the other one who's uh, significantly younger, yeah.
0: So. Okay, yeah, and, and you're... And, but they're also you both have...
1: young, and they're thin, and, like...
0: They're I... gorgeous.
1: Yeah, so it's, like... Yeah.
0: And it must be different being the only boy, um, because I grew up with a gorgeous sister, and mm. that was really, really difficult, like, having people come up to me. I remember she did a fashion show for... I don't know, like she took some sewing class or something in her high school and they put on a fashion show and people were coming up to me after and saying, your sister's so pretty. And I was like, I- is that a compliment? Like, I don't know how to take that. Mm. It was almost like, like shock. Like, how could you possibly be related to, like, is she your they're, stepsister? They're like, if
1: y'all share genes, it's just as, it's like, if the mixing bowl came out differently, you could have maybe looked like that. You don't, exactly. but like you maybe could have, you, you had the genetic potential
0: exactly and you know I've had to come to terms with that like that we do not look alike Mm -hmm. and that's okay I I, and I like the way I look and I'm happy that we don't look alike and that's you know I'm happy with the way it turned out but at the time it was really really hard I'm wondering like did you have a little bit of that like oh I have these gorgeous sisters and I don't feel good about myself
1: um I mean, I'll put it this way: It didn't help that, like, by everyone's standards, I was the the least attractive child. Which, why are we rating the attractiveness of children? But I know the uh, whole
0: thing is weird. Well,
1: because like every like people always would tell me like my mom's gorgeous. They're saying like we, we want to fuck your sisters, which is weird because I'm like she's 13. That's a weird sentence <laughs> to say. Uh, even my dad like had a lot of charisma, and I remember mm-hmm. at one point like he dropped a ton of weight, like maybe in high school when I was in high school or college. He, like, got down to, like, his... I'll just say he says he got down to his high school weight. Um, oh, wow. Stuff like that. And so, like, yeah, it, it was definitely... It didn't help that they... That, you know, I was the heaviest one by whatever standards you want to use. Um, it really fucked up my self-esteem. Like, I just... I never thought women would be into me. I never thought anyone would want to, like, love me or fuck me or anything. I got a lot of crushes. Not really much kissing for high school Billy. It was... Mm-hmm. um and, and I think one of the things that held me back from even making moves was that I thought I was disgusting and I thought I was disgusting because I was heavy that. And, right. and, and again, it's like, I wasn't even heavy. Not that that makes me disgusting, but it's like, it was just all sorts of fucked up perception because I've talked, you know, uh, I don't know how many um, of you listeners know this, but my, my podcast started off with me talking to women I'd hooked up with about sex dating and why we didn't work out. So a few years back, I talked to the woman who took my virginity, and she put it exact she succinctly made the right point. She's like, "This is what it was. She's like, "When I went to this party she was having at her house the night we would have sex, um, I was apparently being really awkward around her friend. She was like, "I don't think you knew how attractive you were." because she was like, "You were oh. really hot." This is me when I was and like you seventeen. Had no idea. No idea. I I knew I, I at that point I definitely was thinner, but like I didn't think I was an attractive guy. Yeah. Um. And she's like, you just had no idea. Which I and think was which she I think into
0: ben- that or was she like, <laughs> did she fuck you in spite of that?
1: I I mean we didn't we didn't go uh, the conversation and take that direction, but you know I do think there there were some benefits to me not thinking I was attractive in as much as I didn't gain this cockiness ego. I didn't start thinking I um, am entitled to female attraction uh, just because I look a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that benefited me moving forward with like my current relationships, you know, romantic or sexual. But, um, you know, it, it just it really fucking sucked. It just it really sucked yeah. because I know that like I don't without all that bullying, with all that all that bullshit, I wouldn't struggle with my body today, um, the way that yeah, I do. you would
0: have a chance at being normal.
1: I think I wouldn't be thinking about it just as much. Maybe I would be like yeah. most. Uh, maybe I would be like a lot of other guys where I'm just worried about you know the size of my dick. But instead, I'm more <laughs> nervous about like what my torso looks like than than that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so. When you were in college, that's when you kind of started coming into your own more and gaining more confidence in, like, dating and and sex and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, my experience was there were less bullies in college. So there were less people telling me I'm a piece of shit. And Mm -hmm. that allowed me to explore this weird alternate reality where, like, I'm attractive and fun and cool and have friends and, you know have sex with people and you know all that stuff and and I really got to come into my own that way and
0: and became a big old slut
1: did start becoming a big old slut I did do that um (laughs) but you know I was still struggling with with the body I was always trying to diet or get um my weight down or then I started lifting and going to the gym a lot and you know my body type never was the one that was going to get a six-pack but like you know, I could at least get some definition or something. Mm-hmm. I, I, but the idea was I was always concerned with what I look like with my clothes off. Always. Yeah. And anytime well, I would hear women talk about that, I was like, I, I get it. Like, I 100% understand. I know I don't look have the face of someone who does. But and everything I've ever heard women talk about with bodies, uh, besides, like, you know, the stuff going on with your coochie, like, I get it. Like, gosh, same, same thing.
0: Coochie. Um, yeah, well, that's interesting because I get a lot of DMs about, you know, how do I feel comfortable having sex when I don't feel good about my body? How do I feel comfortable uh, not being nervous about what my partner is going to think of me and all, all of that stuff, which I totally relate to as well. I don't feel like that anymore because, um, just... Having fucked a fair amount of people, I've just realized from field research that it doesn't matter. It truly doesn't matter. Um, But you are extremely sex positive. And, um, I don't know who listening to this listens to your podcast, but if you listen to Billy's podcast, you will quickly learn he's extremely sex positive. He's, um, ethically non-monogamous. He goes to sex parties. He's a big old freak. He does only fans. <laughs> um, so how do you resolve the two? Like, how do you, how do you feel comfortable having sex or in relationships how do you get comfortable with a new person if you're not comfortable with your body?
1: Sure, sure. So I am deep. I am a deeply rational person, despite having this like irrational uh, mental disorder, right? That that you and I share. Um, I didn't think I was heavy growing up because I looked in a mirror. It was because so many kids so many times for so long said I was heavy that I was like well I guess I must be heavy because they mm-hmm. all seem very convinced um, otherwise the the data I had was like oh, I'm I, this is what my body looks like um, so similarly I can be like oh I, I am gross but this person has is in bed with me they are seeing me naked they have returned to see me naked again not because of my sexual prowess at 19 I can assure you of that <laughs> um it's not like I had this amazing digital skill set so yeah um I could go this person finds me attractive I think they're wrong but like they like me and I believe that they like this so great so I could be like uh so like I'll put, you know, if someone's in bed with me and they think I'm sexy, like I will believe that they believe I'm sexy,
0: even if you don't
1: believe it, right? Because what I because well, they're in bed with me. What I believe about my body doesn't matter in that moment. To me, it's like it matters like what this other person thinks of my body, and they're into it, so let's have fun. Um, Yeah, but you know that
0: that is very pragmatic. Mm -hmm. Um, have you ever run into any issues in a relationship? Uh, like having to do with sex or your body or uh, both.
1: The reason I got on Weight Watchers back in 2000, the end of 2011 or I think it was early 2012 reason I even got on Weight Watchers was I just finished. I just graduated college in 11 and I was 22. I hooked up with some NYU freshmen that like I m- matched with online. Um, We fooled around. We didn't fuck that night but uh you know she'd seen she'd seen what this is Mm -hmm. we're texting she saw what she
0: was working with
1: yes yeah and so like a week later we're texting be like oh that was fun we should do that again she was like yeah had a great time would love to do that again too so again we are dealing with someone who says i had fun i want to have sex with you let's get together again Mm -hmm. she also says unsolicited mind you by the way if you lost like 15 pounds that would be cool with me
0: oh my god
1: and the thing was, this is why I say my eating disorder is, like, somewhat, like, uh, grounded in reality. Is like, she eyeballed it. Like, since graduating college in that whatever many months, I had gained 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. That's not good or bad. It's just the idea is, like, she eyeballed it. I was, like, oh, I'm showing. And then I instantly so was, like, <laughs> I got to fix it. I got to go on this. Um, likewise, I did a roast battle against uh, Mike Coscarelli quite quite a few years ago. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And he what had a some, like he, – he <laughs> It's still great. Um, he did a joke where he just said, like, as we all know, Billy has no bones. Oh, and oh the room erupted. God. Now, at the time, I thought like I was looking good. I was feeling good about my body and stuff. And then I was like, I had to go to my girlfriend. I was like, have I gained weight like that? Do I look heavier than usual? And she was like, Ugh. I was like, you got to tell me so that I don't find out in front of 80 people. Because <laughs> because like I just found out I had gained weight from a joke at a roast battle because I had no idea. <laughs>
0: Ouch. Yeah, that's always the worst when you like you feel good about yourself and you think you're looking hot and then someone makes a, an offhanded comment that you look like a pile of garbage. It just and then... takes
1: one tweet of Billy Propicia and I'm like, well, let's go back to hats.
0: You're not even losing your hair. That's back. what I'm saying. There I no, you're doing pretty well for um like a lot of guys start losing their hair at yeah. like age 21 like you're doing
1: pretty solid and and it's getting better now with but like you know up until now there really wasn't much support for a boy especially a straight boy but like just a boy in general gay whatever like boys didn't really have support for body image issues there wasn't an infrastructure for it there was no national conversation there's there's yeah. no Dove bot Dove soap commercial for us Right. Yes.
0: There are plus size male. Models, now. Though. Yes.
1: Now we're getting that. And I'm loving that because, yeah, before, I think it's
0: awesome. It's
1: amazing because before that, what do we have to be? A guy's got to be rich or or like really fucking sexy and sexy meant, you know, has a six pack abs and, and whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And now like we can be like that was like to be. Oh, sorry. I fucked that up. If you were like a doughy dude with, you know, then you had to be either rich or funny. Right. Those mm-hmm. were like the two things. Otherwise, like you didn't have value.
0: Right. Yeah. Um. And it, do you think that's why you wanted to be a comedian?
1: No, I want to be a comedian for like just being a comedy nerd reasons. But like, yes, mm-hmm. instantly, the first things I was writing about was like my body and like, hey, guys, I'm fat. I was doing fat. I had <clears throat> someone came up to me and I fucking forget who it was. But like a couple years into doing stand up and I started stand up in college some comic came to me and I was doing these jokes about being fat. And he was like, you can't do these jokes about being fat because no one's looking at you and thinking you're fat. So it's, it's not like you, it's just like, it doesn't make sense. So when I was like writing weight watchers material, I would have to, since I was starting from a base that people weren't perceiving as one thing, I would have to say like, I've lost whatever many pounds just so that the Mm -hmm. audience was on board with the premise. Cause otherwise they're sitting there confused. Like, dude, what are you talking about? You look great. It was
0: yeah well because there there are definitely comics that do a lot of material about being fat or struggling with their weight
1: can I say my they I do not my, love, <laughs> can I say my oh, favorite can, one?
0: Oh yeah absolutely
1: I think one of my favorite ones that I'll do is just so it's very soft it's very subtle but I'd be like I know I've gained weight recently because the bouncer at my local bar started greeting me as big man uh, and it's like I was chief six weeks ago like, like yeah
0: <laughs> although they do they yes I, I was just about to deconstruct your joke and I won't do that <laughs> I was gonna be like uh Billy they actually do say that to everyone though
1: oh do they oh god <laughs> <laughs>
0: um one more thing that I I wanted to ask you about is well actually there are two more things the first thing that I wanted to ask you about is you are now um, you've been in a relationship for a little while with Megan who was a past guest mm-hmm. on this show shout
1: out Miss Giggles
0: shout out Miss Giggles. Giggles she got so much positive feedback everybody loved her on this show <laughs> um and I will I'm just not wondering get the
1: same amount of positive feedback I assure you might
0: <laughs> yeah you you never know I'll forward you all the replies um but she she is a plus size content creator and um she refers to herself as a fat activist she speaks a lot about these issues on her Instagram um and I'm wondering if What's it like to be in a relationship with somebody who is i don't i don't want to say more evolved <laughs> but more <laughs> but perhaps um more experienced with dealing with those issues and has gotten gotten through those issues and you're still in that place of being in the struggle like is it challenging to be with someone who is Miles ahead of you in that way, (laughs) (laughs) yes.
1: Uh, Allow me to just crawl out of the primordial ooze uh, where I live and tell you about that. It's um, it's there's a few things with dating Megan that's really helpful for me. She's opened uh, my eyes to just to language and what we see and how we speak about bodies. I we shared the same opinions on this stuff but there was um, things in words and language and um, also low key subtle shit. I would never see like Instagram censorship that, that she definitely exposed me to. And that's great. Uh- Look, we all struggle with our body images from time to time. So it's not like she's uh, 100% all the time just feeling oh, great no. about Oh, no, I,
0: and I know that, and right. I say that all the time. Like, so, somebody can speak idealistically about mm-hmm. a lot of things, but that does not mean that we don't have bad days, for sure.
1: Yeah, but what what is nice is there's someone who I is nice thing, someone who I know struggles with a similar thing, um, has gone past certain things. So if I'm struggling with something that she's maybe gotten past, she might have some tips. Um I mean, she's just an inspiration to be with. I, I mean, I think we all look at her and we go like, no one deserves that. Uh, no one deserves <laughs> her. But, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is is nice. And then we can have these like conversations about like representation in media. Um, what's good or, you know, what's, you know, um, being like fit every size. Also, like what is unhealthy and what can be healthy and, and all that jazz. Um, it She really opens my eyes to new ideas.
0: Yeah. And does that make you does that inspire you to maybe be more serious about accepting your body? Because I I do know that you you still diet and you still kind of like maybe your eyes have been opened up to Mm -hmm. this, but I think inside you still do want to change. She and does. Ma- just- she
1: does keep like keep me in check with how I speak about food and dieting and such around her, at least. Which kind of then starts to slowly creep over into like my personal life when I'm just alone with myself. So mm-hmm. I do watch like when I speak about food or um, dieting. So like right now, like I am. I'm dieting probably for another like couple weeks. I'm trying to reset a little bit because um, just the way I've been treating my body during quarantine has not been like it's not that I. it's not not
0: cosign this diet sure
1: no no no. i'm not i'm not gonna go into like details just more like it's not that i was eating certain foods that were bad but like i was being unhealthy with the food i was going the other extreme i was binging um
0: right so but you (laughs) i you understand the concept of like you're binging because you're restricting like you understand that as a basic concept
1: Yes, except, like, for that, I was, like, binging for, like, seven months of corn. So, I'm just trying to, like... But, like, I have intuitive eating. I am reading it next. I promise. <laughs> I've owned it for six... Emily recommended it to me six years ago. I've had it the whole time, but it what is Was it really ready.
0: that long ago?
1: <laughs> I think my first hot mess. When we first met, that was... Uh, you You had recommended it.
0: Oh, my um, gosh. That's so funny. That, you know, at that time, I was definitely in, like, pseudo-recovery. Yeah. Like, I really wanted to be better, which is maybe, like, kind of what you're doing right now. Like, you really idealistically, like I said, like you do believe that these things are true, mm-hmm. but you still associate like feeling better with having your body I, look a certain
1: I way. I don't even care if I'm like – I don't even care if I like lose weight, lose weight. It's just more like I'm just trying to get my body to not feel like I'm full all the time. And like I mm-hmm. just need some guidance until I get better at listening to my body. I'm not doing anything extreme or crazy. Uh, but anyways, right. like, yeah. So like I, I watch how I speak around Megan, which kind of subtly – uh, rewires my own brain and then make, keeps me in check. And then I am thinking about my body. Like I watch, oh, let me, oh, God, you should cut most of what I said in response to this and skip to this part. <laughs> Here's an example of how Megan has affected me and like how I view food and my body and such. She leaves shit on the plate sometimes like good food, like food that you'd be like, how that's delicious. Why would you not have those last three bites? She'll be like,
0: yeah, like you're throwing that away.
1: She'll be like, I'm full. I don't, I don't need anymore. Yeah. I'll be like, but it's, It's like it's steak or it's chocolate thing or whatever. It's just like, no, I'm good. And so now I am getting more comfortable not completing the thing that I have in front of me. If I want to finish it or if I feel like I'm hungry to, I do. But like I am, I no longer stuff that last few bites in just because anymore.
0: Yeah. And that's painful when you first start to do it. Right.
1: Uh, it, it, it actually, no, it felt great. Cause I was like, Oh wow. Look at me. It was like, I, it's more like me saying I can leave that on that plate. I used to not yeah. be able to, I'd be like, yeah. I'd have to leave it on the plate either because it was a rule, AKA diet, or I'd have to, or I don't leave it on the plate because I can't help myself. Now I'm mm-hmm. leaving on the plate sometimes just because eh, I feel good. I don't need mm-hmm. it.
0: And you could cover it up and have it later if you want.
1: Exactly. And it's yeah. stuff like that. That is, it, I guess that's maybe in, it, an intuition thing. But it, so she's an influence in that way where it's like it's a way to eat, have a healthier relationship with the food in front of me.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's wonderful. That, yeah, and that definitely is um, part of like the, the philosophy of intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. It's like you do not need to. You don't need to eat all the food right now because you can have it whenever you want. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, that was really difficult. I was always a member of the Clean Plate Club. (laughs) Always, always, always. And that, um, for a long time, like even when I was practicing intuitive eating, not finishing a meal, like that was really hard because I had this all or nothing mentality. Like either I was drinking green juice and not eating anything Or I was eating, you know, all the things and cleaning my plate. Like I literally would lick the plate clean, which to be quite honest, I still do that. It's disgusting, but (laughs) I don't have to. That's the point. Like you don't have to, but first starting out, it's difficult. It's difficult to do it because I think we're told, like I was told when I was growing up, like, oh, you're not going to finish that? Oh, like make sure you finish everything on your plate, or like don't waste food, don't be wasteful. Like we're we're very much brainwashed to think that we have to do things, and really we don't have to do fucking anything. Mm -hmm. We're in charge of ourselves.
1: And here's another thing with Megan. So Megan doesn't have a scale in her house unless she's hiding it from me. I I can't find one. And I I (laughs) would bet that she doesn't. So I quarantined with her uh, and her now ex boyfriend uh, at her place in Jersey City for like the first fifty days of. All of this. Um, Mm -hmm. And there was no scale there, right? So I didn't weigh – up until two weeks ago, I had not weighed myself since, like, early March.
0: Oh, you were on such a good streak. That was
1: fine. It's fine. It's fine. But it's just, like, the idea – so, like, for example, like, I wasn't keeping track of my weight. I was was just trying to be in touch with my body. And so I was, like – not feeling sexy, but I wasn't not feeling sexy because of a number on a scale. I was not feeling sexy because my body didn't feel sexy to me. And then I, when I am feeling sexy, I'm like, I'm feeling sexy because I'm feeling sexy, not because of a number that told me that. And I'm starting to learn now that regardless what the number is on a scale, whether or not I'm on it, um, doesn't have to dictate how I feel about my body, that they can be separate fucking pieces of data. Uh, and then that's been, and that's been reinforced by, as, as you mentioned earlier, I am, a now OnlyFans cutie uh professional. Yes. <laughs> no, so uh, Yes. Uh, what
0: what <laughs> has that been like? Were you first of all, when you first started doing OnlyFans, were you kinda hesitant terrifying. to do that? I mean Yeah, because you do you put pretty explicit photos on Instagram. Like you've always like shown your body and to a certain degree. And that's, I know that's not the same as yeah. like being completely new. Those
1: would get the most likes. So <laughs> yeah, like.
0: of course. But, but so what's the difference to you between doing that and then having an OnlyFans where people are actually paying
1: for it? Mm. Well, part of it was that um, Instagram kept taking down the thirsty traps um, oh, really? It was really a fucking annoying. They were doing the same things that would happen to Megan, that Megan would describe. It's like, well, if you're showing, if you are, you know, what, it's just like a lot of times they would, if sit, you're showing
0: Areola, they would
1: take it down and say it was sexual content or it was nudity. Uh, and it was like, there's literally no nudity here. I don't get, and then I'd, I've already lost one Instagram page a couple years ago. So I was like, I don't want to lose one again. So I started an OnlyFans, and it's a free OnlyFans, by the way. You can follow it for totally free because I was like, I wanted to get I want a place where I could like get compliments and get called pretty. So I was like, well, I can put any of these thirst traps I would put on Instagram. And there's some cross post in there. It's like all my thirsty stuff is on OnlyFans. And that's where people can go say, oh, my God, you're hot. Oh, my God, this. I love your chest hair. I love your blue eyes, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they can also pay to unlock some more explicit uh, content spicier there and, and,
0: content, yeah.
1: And and so, what was really cool is that even if I look into a mirror and think I look like dog shit, which is less often now than maybe a year ago, five years ago, etc. Um, I no longer, again, remember my like I like to think of my eating disorder as like grounded in some sense of reality. It's like I can't say I'm not sexy, I can hate my body if I want to, but I can't say I'm not sexy because there's now a dollar amount that. <laughs> this body is earned. Like this, honestly, I I'm shocked to say this as well. But uh, I have made more than my rent every month since starting OnlyFans.
0: Shut the fuck up. I've been
1: I've been making like rent and utilities with this body. So I'm like, okay, I can say I don't like how I look, but. I am fucking sexy because it's I can I paid rent I wrote a check.
0: Oh my god! Well, Mazel tov on paying your rent and utilities with your bow because that's like that's goals. Mm-hmm. But I think people can take from that. Like I think that applies in a larger sense to everybody because you might not think that you're attractive and you might not think you're sexy, but there are plenty of people who. Will think you are mm-hmm. like there are people who want to come on an earlobe. Yeah, there are people who think that like earlobes are fucking hot. So mm-hmm. like, th- there are people who are going to think you're hot. Yeah, you're an earlobe to mm-hmm. someone. You know what I mean? Um, one more question, and then we got to wrap up. But if there's anyone listening who maybe they have a boyfriend or a close male friend who struggles with this stuff and they don't they don't understand it or they think. You know, boys aren't supposed to struggle with this stuff, type of thing. What What would be your advice on how to deal with that or how to be empathetic towards that?
1: Oh, just same. I mean, the same way you would with a a girlfriend who is struggling with that. Any of and one of your female friends struggle. Same thing. It, just because we got different parts or identify as different genders does not mean that we 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 like feel that differently about bodies. It doesn't mean we yeah. don't want to feel sexy. So. Be as empathetic as you would to any one of your friends. Uh, And by the way, like, and not, you know, I I know I'm bringing this up like a like a doorknob question at the at the doctor's office. But it's like this also extends to like penis size, like is not there is not like a end all be all. There is some things that some people find aesthetically pleasing, maybe to jerk off to. But like there is no perfect penis size for all the people that, you know, the type of person you're attracted to. Um, So so true. you can be hot and useful at all the sizes in all the places
0: I like a nice useful penis
1: i am told I have a very good like husband dick you know it's uh you could take oh, that's it so nice you could take it every day it's just it's uh you know it's a nice six inches you could take it every day it's not gonna leave you sore but doesn't leave you unfulfilled uh it's a it's it's just a good amount but <laughs>
0: I like that. I'm gonna start using that. Yeah. Um. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I think this is a perspective that is needed to hear. Also, um, I said this before, but take everything he said with a grain of salt uh. because <laughs> he's not he is not in the place that we all aspire to be, but he's getting there. I'm, I'm confident that I, you will get there. I'm
1: telling you, in the last three months, doing this OnlyFans and posting content almost daily, like it is. I am astounded at like I'll do I'll take like a little shoot I got my ring light and then I'll like take off a shirt or I'll do this and I'll just like kind of get into it with myself not I'm not doing anything like you would call gross to look at I'm just like I'm just I'm just like <laughs> feeling I'm just feeling sexy I got my shirt off maybe I got like yeah. my jeans unzipped and then I look at the shots and I go like I almost want to fuck me I'm like I am fucking hot some days Hell I look in the yeah. mirror now and I'm like ah. Or, or like, I'll put it this way. Now, when I feel sexy, it's like my body just feels it. But then I look in a mirror. And I'm like, Oh, man, like, I could take sh- pictures of this and make, you know, whatever amount of dollars off of it. And that's I don't know. That, that I, lo- really I love help.
0: how it's like it's like uh, dollar based is where your self esteem comes from. Well, I love that. That's for why I
1: was a little terrified to start it because I was like, well, if like no one's interested in paying, like, oh my god, yeah, like ever, if one
0: person is paying for it, that
1: honestly might have been like a very triggering. F- that may that might have fucked me up. It might have been a gamble to even do this, but I'm glad it's paying off. Not just with yeah. the money, but like just with how I'm fucking loving how I look with my shirt off now.
0: Wow. I love that for you. Yeah. Oh, so touching. So where can people follow <laughs> yeah. you and potentially see your hairy chest and balls?
1: Uh, my balls, I do try to keep kind of hairless, uh, but, but you want to see oh, okay. the ha- hairy right. chest, hairless balls. Uh, you can go uh, my OnlyFans. Uh, you go to OnlyFans.com slash call me Billy. It is free to follow uh, <laughs> there's plenty of free stuff to look at. And if you want to get racier, then you, you, you pay a little bit. Um, and then if you want to follow me in general, um, I am at Billy is Prisida on Instagram. You have to type the whole thing out cause I am shadow banned, and, uh, uh, I have a podcast as Emily's mentioned and I've mentioned, it's called the man whore podcast available anywhere. You're listening to RIP diets. Uh, just search the word man whore. It's one word and, uh, I pop right up.
0: Yeah, and it's a great podcast. Billy's been doing it for, like, what, six years? Six and a
1: half years. It'll be seven years in April, yeah.
0: It's so, so incredible. I literally cannot believe we've been doing this this long, but God bless. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right, all right, all right. I hope you liked that conversation with Billy Prisida. I'm so happy to have had a male guest on. I'm definitely going to continue to try to get more men on, even though um, I like talking to women so much more than I like talking to men. There are a select few men in my circle that I really do enjoy talking to. So I am definitely going to work on that. And I would love it if you guys would DM me. I am lubination on Instagram. That's L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. Or email me at ripdiets at gmail.com and tell me what kind of guests you would like to hear on the show. Tell me what topics you would like me to cover. And even more important, you guys, join the community on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and type in the search bar, RIP dieters, if you request to be added, I will add you right away. All I ask is that you keep it a safe space and don't say anything disparaging about others' bodies or promote diet culture in any way, shape, or form. But I know I don't need to worry about that because you all are fucking cool and woke and understand the message that I'm trying to get across. And that's it. I hope you have a fantastic week. I will talk to you all next week on another episode of R.I.P. Diets. Peace the fuck out.